Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. We're in our series talking about it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I want to talk to you about it's the most wonderful time to forgive. It's the most wonderful time to forgive. And you notice I didn't say it's the most easy time to forgive. Um, I didn't say it's the most convenient time to forgive because here's what I will tell you about forgiving other people is that it's never easy and it's never convenient. Here's what I will tell you that some of you, it's not even about you today forgiving other people. Some of you, it's about you forgiving you. Because the only person not allowing you to go forward in life is yourself. And you've got to come to a place where you do the hard thing of forgiving yourself. But for others of us, that we come to a place that we would just make the choice and we would make the decision to forgive because it never gets easier. For Amy watching this video, it's still not easy. It, it, the process of forgiveness is not going to be easy. And if you are at this place and you are waiting for forgiveness to be easy, you're going to wait the rest of your life. It's never going to be easy. So today, I want to talk to you about a topic that's really tough. It's really hard to talk about especially when we do it biblically. And, and I think that's the key component of this topic and this message is because so many times we hear about the topic of forgiveness, but we hear things that, that accompany forgiveness that just aren't biblical. And so it makes it that much more difficult to forgive when we start throwing in good ideas or good quotes that aren't necessarily biblical. And it creates a hindrance and it creates more obstacles for us to come to a place of forgiveness. So today I want to start our message off with a myth or, or something that we miss, have misunderstood about forgiveness. And the first thing is this, is that it's not forgive and forget. It's forgive and move on. It's not forgive and forget, but it's forgive and move on. I love what Martin Luther, G, Luther King Jr. said. He says, forgiveness does not mean ignoring what has been done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship. Forgiveness is a catalyst creating the atmosphere necessary for a fresh start and a new beginning. It is the lifting of a burden or the canceling of a debt. Can I tell you, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you and I are called to forgive and forget. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, I, I, I've searched hard this week that it tells you and I to forgive and forget what happened. Like, like you just, oh, I didn't even remember that happening. There's, there's no way Amy Metcalf could forget what she's been through. 
What, what, that situ- there, there's no way, right? There's no way. Some of you, that you think, oh, forgiveness means forgetting. No, it doesn't. Forgiveness means forgiving so that you can move on because some of you, your life has been held hostage by unforgiveness. Right? Some of you, your life has been held hostage by what unforgiveness brings and you are bitter and you are mad and you're angry and you're depressed. Some of you, when you're struggling with forgiving yourself, you're dealing with guilt and you're dealing with shame. And hear me, forgiveness, it's not even so much about what it does for the other person. Forgiveness is about what it does for you. Forgiveness is about what it does for you and what it enables you to do. And, and, and here's the hard thing. Forgiveness is going to have to be a regular part of your life. Forgiveness isn't something that's going to be able to happen on a rare occasion. But if we're going to truly be the followers of Christ that Christ has called you and I to be, not that that it's easy to be, but if we're going to do the hard thing and be true followers of Jesus Christ, forgiveness is going to have to be something that happens on a regular basis because you are probably going to get your feelings hurt or offended or people are going to make you mad on a regular basis. Those are that are close to you and those that hardly know you at all. I love this quote by the Australian cartoonist Michael Lunig. He says, love one another and you will be happy. It's as simple and as difficult as that, right? Love one another and you'll be happy. It's as simple and as difficult as that. And if we're going to love one another, we're going to have to understand we're going to have to forgive one another on a regular basis. So today I made a list of people you and I are going to have to forgive probably on a regular basis. And this list includes your spouse. It includes your boyfriend and your girlfriend. Includes your best friend. Your next to best friend, right? They're not my best friend, but they're my next to best friend, right? Right? That's what all, like your best friend as a guy was your best man, and then all the other guys were your next to best friend, right? Like um, my, my friends, my kids, right? You're going to have to forgive your kids. You're going to have to forgive your parents, your siblings, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law, your grandparents, your grandchildren, your aunts, your uncles, your mother-in-law again. I hope mine's here today. Um, <laughs> your cousins, your coworkers, your boss, your employees, your kids' friends, your kids' friends' parents, your mother-in-law again. It's holidays, guys. Come on, I'm telling the truth up here. Like I said, not easy, but true, right? The guy driving that doesn't use the left lane correctly, you're going to have to use to learn to forgive him. The lady who doesn't accelerate while getting on the highway, you're going to have to forgive them. Here's my big one right now. The last, the last month, I feel this to my core. Walmart for not having a real person to check you out even though they have a gazillion cash registers to do so. For the love of God, man the stations. If we're not doing it in the month of December, when are we gonna do this, right? It's like that girl that was just a tease. They're just teasing us, right? Like, oh, you're putting it out there, but you're not manning it, right? Like, I'm like, come on. <laughs> The person that hardly knows you, the person that knows you best, and finally your mother-in-law again, right? I mean, there's just, Proverbs 17, verse 9 says this, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. I love this verse. 
but dwelling on it separates close friends. Man, some of you, you need to write this down and put it down. Because when somebody makes you mad, here's our tendency. We dwell on the wrong that was done, right? How could they? Man, you can't treat me that way. And we, the more I dwell on it, the madder I get. It's true. I, I, here, here's the great day, thing about today's message. Today's message is really hard, and I'm, I'm right there in the middle of it with you today. Trying to apply something that's really, really difficult. And when I read this in my personal devotion, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I could even put this, close families. It knows, it, it doesn't respect a group of people. And you and I are called to love others really, really well. That's what Jesus said, is that the first commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is to love one another. To love one another. And if love is going to prosper, and your relationships grow and flourish, forgiveness, it's got to be a regular part of your life. Because understand this, unforgiveness isn't a detour, it's a roadblock. Unforgiveness, when it comes to your life, it's not a spiritual detour that you take, it is a spiritual roadblock to your relationship with your Heavenly Father. This past summer when we went to Destin, Florida, uh, my favorite thing about going to like a beach house is that you get a golf cart, right? So that you get in that golf cart and you don't have to give in your car ever again, right? Like there's something fun about driving a golf cart on roads. And I don't know what it is, but when we would go to the, uh, the beach side, we were standing at Sandestin, and when we would go to, the, to where the beach was, there was this gate that kept all these cars out, right? And so there was this big gate with the bar that comes down, and you couldn't go through because it was too full of cars already. But right next to it, and this wasn't on purpose, there was just this little space that if you folded the mirrors in on your golf cart, you could squeeze through that. Like you had to go really slow. And here's what I loved about it is that it stressed my wife out completely. She's like, don't go through, don't go through. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit it. I'm not going to hit it, Casey, right? And my kids are going, go, 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 go. And like all these people are watching us. And I'm like, you know, like when Charlie was tiny and we beat them, uh, when we, she got out of the car once and she was tiny, she said, suck it, poopers, right? Because she won first. That's what my attitude was. I was like, suck it, poopers we're doing it right and so we're driving through this little part and like we're going in and, and here's why I loved it because I felt like I was doing something I shouldn't do and I was totally getting away with it right totally getting away everybody else has to stop here but not me because I'm in a golf cart and I get to go there and we went right to the, like right by the boardwalk and then the walk was super super easy to the beach here, here's why I'm telling you this it's because so many times our unforgiveness looks like that and we say, well, I know what the Bible says to everybody else and everyone else's situation, but mine's different, right? My hurt is, is so different. And, and if you knew what I've gone through, Justin, and here's the simple reality, I'm never going to know. You could tell me, and I'm still not going to know the emotions, and I'm still not going to know the hurt, and here's, I'm still not going to know the pain, but here's what I would tell you. Jesus did, and here's what Jesus says when it comes to unforgiveness. He starts sharing this parable. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 is where we start. Peter comes up and he says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Now, some of you may be like, why did he come up with this magical number seven, right? Like, we know it's God's number, but like, like why, what's that mean? Like, why? why? Because when they were taught as young Jewish 
children, the rabbis would tell them that you had to forgive a person three times. So when Peter comes up to Jesus, he's like, hey, how many times do I have to forgive this sorry sucker when they make me mad, right? He's saying seven times. Peter's being really, really generous with the number he's throwing out. And Jesus says this, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And some of us, like, we're like, okay, that's it. And this person has already matched that. I've already forgiven them that many times. I'm done, right? Like, that's where you're going. And, and, and like, Jesus isn't being literal. He's saying this loose count. Loose count. Therefore, and Jesus goes into this parable. He says this, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors who, who, who was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars, he couldn't pay it. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. This was actually a real reality that happened in that culture at that time. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. And his fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset and they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, you sorry sucker, right? I forgave you that tremendous debt because you, because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servants just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And that's what my heavenly father will do to you. If you, ref if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. And here's what Jesus is saying in this parable. That as followers of Christ and coming to this place where we have a relationship with our heavenly father, we've been forgiven so much. Every single one of us, we've been forgiven so, so much. You watching online today, you've been forgiven such a debt. How can we withhold that from someone else? How can we refuse offering forgiveness to someone else? And this isn't easy. Hey, hey, hear me. I, I get this. This isn't an easy thing to do, but it's a healthy thing to do. And Jesus goes on to talk about this because this is a big deal for Jesus. And this isn't my rules. This isn't me making this up. Here's what Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 23 through 25. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, and we love this verse. We love the first part of it at least. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Yes, right? Sounds great. But when you're praying, there's a huge caveat here. First, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus fleshed it out even more in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, 
your Father will not forgive your sins. Luke 17, verse 3 through 4. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Tell them what they did is wrong, right? Then if there is repentance, forgiven. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day. Good gracious. What kind of person do you have in mind, Jesus, right? Like even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. There's no option on this. And that's the really hard part. Because can I tell you, this is the part I struggle with. Some of you, you've been hurt by people who knowingly hurt you. And that's really hard to forgive. Because here's the deal. Here, here's how I operate. And I'm just being real honest. So, so God's still working on me just like he's working on me, on you. If you hurt me, like, you're dead to me. Like, I'm like total mafia. Like, you are out of my life. And you won't even know it. Right? I'm just like, I just assassinated you out of my life and you're done. Like, I'm not going to reply to a call. I'm not going to reply to, some of you are like, you don't reply to my calls or my texts. I'm really horrible at my phone. That's probably an awful example. But I'm just like, no, I, I don't care. I don't care. Like, like, you're done. I'm done. You're dead to me. No more. Right? And, and me and my wife actually talked about this this week. She's like, you are just ruthless. I'm like, I know, I know. But that's how I am. And Jesus says this, if that's how you are, Justin, there's a roadblock in your relationship with the Lord. Because if you won't forgive others, it's not that God can't, it's that God won't forgive you. And that's, that's really hard to hear, but it's really true. That's not popular, but it's truth. That, that if we don't forgive others of a debt that is really minimal compared to the debt that God forgave us of, then there's this roadblock. There's no detour. There's no this little side gate that you can get by and squeeze through in your little golf cart, right? No, no, no. And, and here's why. Because this is the way I like to phrase it. Forgiven people forgive people, right? Forgiven people, we learn to forgive people. And it's something you have to choose to do. Because the reality is this, if you're waiting to feel like forgiving, you're going to wait the rest of your life. You don't wait your way and you don't, excuse me, you don't feel your way to forgiving people. You choose your way there. And some of us, we want to wait till we feel like it. You're never going to feel like it, but you're going to have to do the hard thing. Because here's what I have found out in my life. Hard things are usually the best things for me. It's the hard things I don't want to do that I need to do the most. And some of us, you have been holding on to bitterness and you've been holding on to anger and you've become this just mean, resentful person and you just have all these emotions. And hear me, forgiveness, it's not so much what it does for the other person, but how it releases you to move on. So what does forgiveness look like for us? If we're going to choose to forgive, what does that mean? What's it look like for us? Here's what forgiveness looks like. Is the first thing is this. Forgiveness stops trying to get even. Let me repeat that for the people in the back. Forgiveness stops trying to get even. I grew up that if you got me, I got you twice as bad, right? That's the math. Like, you toilet paper me, I'm going to get you back. I, 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 I've talked about this before. I need to keep moving on. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says this, good sense 
and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Oh, like, like it's his, it's to his, it, it's not to the other person, it's to your honor and glory to overlook a transgression, which sounds really extreme, right? Or offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Can I tell you, I've been really trying to work on this one because in the last six months, there has been something going on in my home and in my household from a church member. In first service, we have my cousin that comes to our church. His name's Aaron Renfro, and he bought a hundred different rubber snakes and gave them to my daughters. And for the last six months, I'm not making this up, for the last six months, everywhere I freaking go in my house, there's a rubber snake. Like when I go to put deer corn out, because we have deer in our backyard, there will be a snake head poking up from the corn. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like, just like, I want to throw up. When I go to clean, it's not fun, don't clap, right? This isn't, this isn't a time for you to clap. Like this is a time for you to feel this. Like when I go to clean out my, my skimmers from my pool, which there have been snakes in there, they put a stupid rubber snake in it, like with its head sticking out. I have gone to bed at nighttime and I turn the lights off and I go to get in and there's a massive rubber snake that feels like a real snake in my own bed. Everything inside of me wants to get him back. Get revenge. And I ought to. It's my right. Here's the problem. Aaron has a lot more money than me. So it's to my glory <laughs> and honor to overlook this transgression or offense. Here, here's a simple truth. Forgiving, forgiving others isn't fair, but it's healthy. Right? We want, it to, we want to wait till it's fair. We want to wait till, you know, this, they get theirs. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't fair, but, but it's healthy. Forgiveness isn't a one-time choice, but a process that you go through. You hear me? You're going to have to fight your feelings. Amy Metcalf still has to fight feelings. You can tell in the video, there's, there's still feelings and there's still emotions and there's going to be moments you wake up and you're still mad and you're going to have to choose your way to forgiveness. There's going to be days you wake up and you're still feeling guilty and you're still in, feeling shame over what you've done because you knew better and you still did it. Hear me, you're going to have to choose your way to forgiveness at some point. It's not just going to magically happen. You're not just going to magically arrive at a place you want to be and you should be. You're going to have to make that decision because forgiveness isn't a one-time choice. It is a process that you decide to get there. It becomes a lifestyle. 1 Peter chapter 3 says this. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Come on. I hate this message. Because that's what God has called you to do. Let that sink in. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, let's time out. Keep that up there. It's what God's called you to do. You should operate different than those that don't know Him. And we want the world 
to operate like Christians do, but what I have found is that Christians operate like the world does. Right? There, there's there's got to be this stark difference. And it's not just about what your Friday night looks like. It's about what does your forgiveness look like. And First Peter's saying this, man, and, and if this isn't the pot calling the kettle black, of all the apostles to write this, Peter, right? Like the guy that chops the ear off of the guy. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when insults with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And here we go. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say this, if you want to enjoy life, and see many happy days. And that many happy days isn't the Fonzie, right? Like Sunday, Monday, happy day. Not that one. Keep your tongue from speaking evil. And your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. And search for peace. And work to maintain it. So you got to work to maintain peace. It's not just about finding it. It's about working to maintain it. And if your life is more about being offended than forgiving, here's what I can tell you. Your life is going to be a lot more full of drama than peace. Because offense is something you choose to take on. Really, are you choosing offense or are you choosing to forgive? Because both are are choices. This one's just a lot easier. Don't choose offense but choose to live a life of peace and blessing. And that means instead of choosing to be offended, where there's going to be a lot more drama in your life and everybody else's life, especially as we come into the Christmas holiday. Well, they didn't get me as good enough gift like they got you. Who cares, right? Like, like, stop. Instead, choose to work at a life of peace. And that means you're living a life that is continually forgiving others. The last thing is this. Forgiveness focuses on God's plan and future. Instead of dwelling on the past. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, isn't focused on everything that happened to you. It's not focused. And this is so, so huge. Because so many of us are like, but, but do you know what was done? Do you know what happened? No. It's not about forgive and forget. No, no, no. It's just that you're not focused on everything that happened on you. Because here's the deal. Unforgiveness will get you stuck. It wants to make you stuck in this moment, in this part of life of what happened to you and what you went through. But God's saying, no, 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 there's forgiveness on the other side of this. And if you're ever going to get to a place where you're not focused on everything that has happened and you aren't living a life of unforgiveness but forgiveness, you've got to start focusing on something bigger than what happened to you. And that something bigger is God's plan and his purpose for your life now and your future. He still has great things. I don't know what has happened. I don't know what has occurred. I don't know who talked about you. I don't know what, who hurt you. I don't know what you did and what they did. But here's what I know. God still has a purpose for your life. He still has a plan for your life. He still has a future for your life. And if you will determine that I'm going to focus on all God still has for me instead of where I've been, there will be ministry that flows out of your hurt. There'll be ministry that flows out of your betrayal. There'll be ministry that flows out of something you thought no good can ever come out of it because what you choose to focus on controls you. So what are you focusing on today? Are you focused on his plan and his promises or are you focused on your pain? Because those are two totally separate deals. And God's saying, man, I know, I know. But if this isn't going to be a roadblock for you, 
focus on all that I have for you. I know what they've done. I know their past, but their habits, and they do this all the time. I know. But focus on my plan for you, Mom. Focus, focus on my plan for you, Dad. Focus on my plan for you, student, on that single person, that married person, that grandparent. Focus on what I have for you now and where I want to take you. There's this commandment that Paul gives us, and I close with this, found in Ephesians chapter 4. And there's two calls of action that come out of this verse. And it says this, get rid. Like, like that's the very first part, get rid, which, which means this is not going to magically go away. You got to be purposeful in getting rid of all bitterness, rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. This means this. You got to get rid of it because nobody else can get rid of it for you. You got to get rid of it because nobody can get rid of it for you. And when, when he's putting all this down, this means talking about people. Even the people that hurt you. Some of you, you're in a new marriage and yet you're still talking about your ex-spouse. Why? Why? Right? Like, like, come on. Like, focus on where God is. Well, they were just a sorry, okay, okay, let's stop that. Woo, G-rated service here. No, it's never a G-rated service. But you know what I'm saying. Like, focus on where God, man, get rid of it. Let it go. Don't let what will hurt you back here keep hurting you right here, right? Like, get rid of it. And be, which means to exist or live, be a kind, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God forgave you. So let me ask you two questions and then I close. What do you need to stop being bitter about? What do you need to stop being angry? Who do you need to stop being angry with and stop talking about? The second thing is this, who do you need to be kind and compassionate to? Who do you need to forgive? For some, it's others. For some, it's yourself. Right? And here it comes. We go, but surely you aren't talking about that situation. Surely you aren't talking to me. No, today, unfortunately, I'm talking to you. And unfortunately, I'm talking to me. Because that's what the Lord is talking to us about today. Because here's what I can promise you. It's never going to get easier. It's never going to get more convenient. This is the most wonderful time for you to choose and for you to step in to forgiveness. I hear that alarm. I'm done. Let's pray. Lord, let's love you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us, for your patience with us. And God, I pray today that we would choose forgiveness. Lord, there's a lot of us that we're struggling in this area. And Lord, when we come to the holidays and when we come to Christmas time, it makes it even harder at times. Those feelings feel exaggerated. So God, I pray today that we wouldn't follow our feelings because that's no way to live our life. We wouldn't feel our way through life because that's an unwise way to live this. Instead, we would choose our way through life. And we would choose our way to forgiveness because today it's not so much what it does for the other person, but it's about what it does for us. It allows us to focus on what you still want to do in us and through us. It allows us to focus on the future instead of the past. And Lord, there's some of us, we're here 
man, people have blown up our lives and people have lied and they have slandered and they tried to destroy us. God, sometimes it's really hard to move on from that. To let go of the feelings, to let go of the resentment, and yet the only person it continues to hurt is ourselves. So let us realize that, Lord, just as hard as this is for us to do, it is for our own good. It's for our own spiritual health so that there's not this roadblock anymore in our relationship with you and with others. Man, our relationship with you comes back to a place where it should have been all along. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would help us to do the hard thing, that you'd help us to do the healthy thing, and that, Lord, we would walk in a life of forgiveness and that we would seek peace and we would do whatever and we would work hard at maintaining it. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed today. If you're here, say, Justin, I'm here. And, man, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here, maybe you just need to recommit your life because where you're at isn't where you should be. I'm going to count to three in just a second, and I'm going to just invite you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not going to lead you in another room, do anything weird. We're literally going to lead you in a prayer that will change your entire relationship with Jesus Christ. Because here's what the Bible says. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our unrighteousness. Everything you've ever done is gone. That's you. When I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You join these hands that are lifted. There's about three. There's four people. Is there anyone else? You raise this hand and join four people. I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. You say, Justin, that's me. Man, that, that's, that's me today. You just say, there's a change that needs to happen in me. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You join these five hands that are lifted. Do you raise your hand? If you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. And I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living I repent of it and I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.